and welcome back to the biggest and best podcast there is, the UOG Men's Rugby Podcast. Um, I don't have a clue what episode number this is, but there we go. Is it not um, episode 10? Uh, sorry to interrupt the intro, but yeah. we might be it on might episode, be episode 10. 10. So, yeah, episode 10 then. And as always, Charlie is here. How are you doing? I'm good. I've just realised it's episode 9, so that was a bit of a, a, bit of a tease. <laughs> um, but good start. Um, yeah, I'm all right. Bit bored of lockdown now. I'm glad it's getting a bit getting a bit warmer though. It's getting a bit warmer, so we're all right. It's not cold anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what noises um, are you making, mate? Honestly. I'm not well, but we'll move, we move. Um yeah, so today we've got a guest and one of the biggest legends of the club, even though he's never played a game for the club. And that's Dan Hill. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, rough, rough. Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you want to just tell everyone who you are and what you do, essentially. Well, I'm um, I'm Dan Hill, and I'm known for being probably the the leader of the Gloss Ultras on the on the touchline with my camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like I said, one of the biggest legends of the club that's never played a game. Oh, Tommy's here. Tommy is here. Hi, I, Tommy. Put, I, I put him on mute instantly because I was worried he was going to jump okay. in and start shouting. I, I just came in at one of the biggest legends to never have played a game. Is that talking about me? No, we're talking about Dan. All right. Out your own ass. <laughs> anyway, Dan, sorry about that. Um, so, how did you kind of get into taking photos for us, just for people that don't know? Well, it was um, during my first year, I kind of like, I went to the Freshers' Fair and completely went with a with an open mind of, I want to find a team and build up a portfolio to take pictures of them. And it was like, I'd walked around and being from Liverpool, it was like a major league footballing city. So I looked for football instantly. And then as I was coming out, it was big. It was like the, the legend that is Hugh <laughs> grabbed me and was like, you look like you have massive shoulders, you mate. <laughs> And I always remember being like, what? And then um, he asked would I play rugby? And I was like, I wouldn't really play rugby, but I'll take your photos. And then I remember getting led into the tent and speaking to, like, Sitchell. And it was just instantly with, like, getting my hands shook and, like, good, like, the manners, the respect. It was just, even though I was getting, like, nice comments from football when I, when I went to them, it was just different with the rugby lads, because it was like, yeah, I can get used to this. Like, the respect was just, pushed them real. Barney, look at us getting compliments <laughs> for being respectful. That's, that's, a, a, that's a difference. The first for everything, mate. Um, <laughs> so, so what made, did kind of football put in an offer for you, as it was? <laughs> it was like, I went to football... trials and I did a photo of their game and um, I had that game the, and then I had the rugby session the night after and I came back thinking like it's just not clicking if that makes it, it, it makes sense and then it was a turned up to the training session and I was walking onto the pitch and getting my hand shook and like really appreciate you being here and it was like in my head I was like yeah I could get used to this because it was like 
you just feel part like I just felt like I didn't feel like I was just on the sideline, if you know what I mean, even though I'd just been there once. But it was good. It was um even like all the players that hadn't met me yet was like I really appreciate you coming, which was nice. And then ever since I'm like the biggest fan. Yeah, how 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 have you found it over time? Because obviously started off as a fresher taking photos and it's kind of almost spiralled out of control with the legend that you are. But, you know, you mentioned your name in the group chat and you know, it's all but love. It was weird because, like, I've, be, I've been on even, like, nights out and people have come up to me being like, you're Daniel, aren't you? <laughs> and it's like, there's been nights out after, like, cup games and varsity where people have come up being like, Dan Hill, this is for you. Like, thanks for everything you've done for us. And I have no recollection who these people are. So it's 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 nice to, like, get that of, like, being, like, people appreciating my work, which is nice. And um, just just the song is, like, I don't, I don't know how to react to the song every time I hear the song. It's just, it, it's mental. That Varsity Night Out was incredible as well. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so stop. Yeah, I don't know if anyone went home from that night. I don't think anyone ever does from Varsity Nights Out. Oh, this is just making me miss Varsity. Sorry. <laughs> Andy, carry on. Oh, I was just going to say, you mentioned obviously how kind of everyone's got behind you and got to know you. How important is that, especially when you're like a student photographer, how important is that support from a wider group to kind of help push your work? It's like, especially when I'm like, about three and a half hours away from home it's nice to have that you always have somebody less than like less than a few minutes away from you because of how big the club is to always have somebody around you to speak to you there's always somebody around you you need to say hello to so it's that kind of like working with the clubs helped me so much with like when I'm missing home and I'm like I need I need a pick me up the training sessions the games have always been that thing of like uh I'm back, I'm back to my best now. And it pushes me because there's people that are like, oh, I love that photo. But then my, my aim for the next game is to beat that and beat that again. So, so like, when when you're starting out, is the kind of aim with, like, take photographs of a club like rugby, is that just to kind of build yourself a platform? It was, um, it's more to, like, build myself a portfolio. And then I just wanted to, to get better and then as as when I started out there wasn't was speaking to by the way about this there wasn't many photographers to start off with and we sort of like we sort of changed the changed the tide of like every all the clubs suddenly wanted a photographer and that felt good to be like yeah I I had something to do with that because especially with lockdown people going on their phones it's like the media and the sports especially the sports and the media is becoming more and more important because obviously with the fans that can't go, they turn to online. Yeah. After our media that first year with you, how the fuck we didn't win, um, what's it called, um, media team of the year, I will never know. Because we, we, our media was incredible that year. <laughs> I lost the net. Anyway, sorry, I keep putting in points. But, but if the SU are listening, you know, fair enough. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, sorry, Barry. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, do do you 
are you quite you mentioned how you want a better like a picture from the last game do you feel you're competitive in a sense against like other photographers of other teams now because obviously everyone seems to have a photographer now not necessarily with like the other teams because for example Estelle with what she's doing with the women's team is incredible but my one I just get inspired from good work and once I see good work I'm like oh I want people to have the same reaction to what I have to them with like oh that's a good picture like I'd want people to look at mine and go bloody hell Dan's done good again hasn't he like that's what I aim for and just to to aim to be better every game is there quite like I know I assume most of you are all on the similar courses so is there quite a close relationship between like the team's photographers and what you're doing um yeah, because Estelle is on Ed and Art, where I'm on like photojournalism, well, photojournalism documentary. So there's like, we do see each other around uni and say hello, and we always ask you, like, asking each other for help. But it's, um, pe- people want the photographers to have like a competition, but all of, the, all of us photographers are just mates and just appreciate everyone's work what's your course like and what's kind of your aim for everything is it to stick with kind of events and sports or is it to maybe like photograph journalism maybe do a bit of film as well i've um i've branched out to do like film and i try i try and get get around and to do a bit of everything because i even did a, a few music videos over the summer but um it is majorly events and sports that i love doing those music videos are class, by the way. They were very good. Sorry, I keep interjecting there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Andy. Well, it's your podcast. You're you're the one that's two and over. It's our podcast, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, it's our yeah. Podcast. But you talk about it as if it's yours. But um, te- te- technically, it's under my name. But yeah, we well, we, we won't talk about that. Um, kind of quite a big bit, like part of sports media we've seen recently is more behind the scenes element and like that. Like with England rugby, they have that um, next level series that is quite well shot and everything. Do you think videography in that sense is getting more and more important in sport? Definitely, because there's um, there's things like the all or nothing documentaries with that Tottenham have just done. Especially through lockdown, it was good to see that. Well, a good a good topic for them literally landed on their lap, even though it's terrible that we're in a pandemic, but. That sort of like the UFC have the embedded series. It's like that. Getting to know the team off the pitch. People want to know who the players are and what they're about rather than just the on the pitch stuff. Which is it's it's starting to become more and more important. And I think loads of teams will be doing that soon. Well, apart from rugby, obviously you've done obviously a lot of other work. Um you did some stuff with Everton, didn't you, at some point? There was, um, I've not actually had a press pass for the game, a game yet, but where I'd go to like where I used to live in Southport, the under 23s used to play in Haygav, which used to be Southport FC's club. And I used to go down and go in with my camera and just take pictures as a fan. And then that was always a good practice and, and it escalated to. One of the one of the football players that's now in the first team using my photo, and there was a few few of the players using my photos, and obviously my head fell off a bit. <laughs> and um, 
the biggest part about that was when the under 23s were playing Leicester's under 23s and they didn't have a photographer and the sports journalist came over to me and was like, oh, just introduced himself and was like, can we use your pictures from the game? And that that just made me like push on even more because my photo was getting used by Leicester. It's like, right, I want to kick on now. But obviously with getting the press pass and stuff and that kind of aspect is a bit more difficult when we're t- with things like COVID and the National League being stopped. So it's a bit more difficult now because nobody nobody without nobody just starting out can get into games sort of thing. Yeah, me and Charlie know that issue, don't we? Um, not I do. You talk about hands you to talk about other work, so I just got a question. Um you've been doing loads of work with the boxer. Um so you don't want to like explain how you got into that and all the stuff you've been doing recently with it. Yeah. So um for my uni work we had to do we had to do a book and at first I wanted to do it about football fans and how their club was going into the Wigan fans were, the club was going into liquidation and the owners the the own, not really liquidation but the owners were like in a mess up, up to a point of where the new owners were like buying out the debt themselves but with a registered to the Cayman Islands, which was actually registered to a car. So it was all this big mess in Wigan and um, that just sort of fizzled out. And then I got in contact with Nick Ball, who's actually promoted by Frank Warren. And the contact that, and the work that I've done with him, I just couldn't ask for a better contact, really, because for a professional boxer to give me that much access and that much freedom is it, just like, it's incredible. How? Yeah. Well, one Go thing on. I've I've wondered is because when I'm trying to take a good Instagram photo, it never it never comes out how you know I'd interpret it in my mind. How do you take a good photo? Like what 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 are the things you look for when you're doing like a shoot or something? In terms of like on the on like a on a pitch or just in general? Uh, just in general, like yeah. Um, it'd be more more good lighting, really. Good lighting starts every every good picture off, as some would say. But it's just like it's having that thing in the photo that like makes you want to look at it for longer. That like interesting part of the picture. Is it is it quite difficult with with rugby? Because obviously, it's quite fast moving. Yeah, especially when it's. Um, I absolutely love it when. We're about we're about to score a try because everything's coming towards me and being with the being with the lads in the club for that long, I sort of had like certain individuals that I'd 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 have like in the side eye of like they're getting it soon, they're getting it soon, like that kind of like I knew who to look out for, but one of my first games I was like, well, like this is just because it, being so used to football, I knew where the ball was going, I knew. Because the the ball doesn't move as fast as it does in rugby, and it was very difficult at first, but it, it's very good to to learn. Did, did how much kind of experience did you have with rugby before university, or was it just all purely football? Really, um, I'd done literally everything but rugby before uni. To be honest, <laughs> I've done I've done golf. 
in St. Andrews in Scotland. I'd done a few white collar boxing events, which didn't really go well for the boxing boxing ones. Um, I'd done basketball in college. And then, especially when it came to uni and being uni down in like a rugby orientated area, I was like, this will be perfect because it's proper rugby, if that makes sense. Yeah, so do you feel you've kind of expanded your rugby knowledge in a sense? Did you feel quite like like you didn't know much of what was going on at first? Definitely, because there's um, there's even sometimes when, like England playing the other day, I reacted to something that went on and went on in the game, and I was thinking before before working with yourselves, I, I'd never, I'd have watched the game, but I'd have never reacted to certain things like. Because it's just like in my instinct now. <laughs> nice. Do you, do you have like a a favourite match that sticks out that you've done for done for you Eurog so far? Oh, I was going to ask that question. <laughs> oh, that's a difficult question. Um, one would have to be varsity, like hundred percent. But then it was the game where the lads won the league. Were the first ones that won the league against. Um, uh-huh. No, Tommy, you, you knew this. They won Bournemouth, I think, wasn't it? Well, that, that game where, where they went on to win the league. <laughs> but it was yeah. like that day was just everything just seemed to go right, if that makes sense. Because the boys scored loads of tries, and every time they scored a try, it was like loads of people when they score a try look for me anyway. But <laughs> Every try was directed to me, if that makes sense. So my job just became really easy. And then the celebrations after, it was just like, because I was in and amongst the celebrations, I got the pitches where, like, say if it was like a, a game where it was more photographers, they wouldn't get as close and in as I did because I felt like I was part of the team. So I could go in and amongst the boys rather than just the camera over the shoulders kind of thing. Mm. Do you Some feel of the best. Oh, sorry, you go. Oh, go on, Charlie. Oh, you go. Oh, thanks. Um, I was going to say, with like an event like Varsity, and especially knowing how much all the rugby lads like an Instagram photo, did you feel quite a bit of pressure to like capture it? Well, definitely. Like as soon as, as soon as we got, as soon as we we seen the stadium on the bus, it was like that's when I started to feel the pressure, because it was like the fans being there, and it was like I. I that drive into the car park just felt really long to me because I was like, I can't mess this up because there's there's games where there's games where it seems like a one-off game, but this one was like everything was leading up to varsity and how much it meant versus like versus Worcester. But afterwards, it was like knowing I'd done I'd done okay. It was just then I could celebrate, but. I didn't feel like I could celebrate properly until my camera was put away, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite photo you've taken? Oh, actually, no, two-part two question. Who's your favourite person to take photos of just because, like, they always seem to be in the right place and you get, like, good angles on them? And two, what's your favourite photo you've taken? Of either, And that can be, like, of the boys and then just in general. Oh, um... There's a few people actually because there's 
there was always Miles when in my first year was always one for a dive and try, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, because it was when, when when he was clear to score a try, I knew exactly what he was doing. And he was jumping in the air and he was diving, which I absolutely I absolutely love that kind of try because there's sometimes where there's like I don't I don't know what you call it because my rugby knowledge isn't that great, but when there's when when the teams keep pushing and pushing and then it goes over the line, but there's loads of people. As much as I love the try, that's like the hardest thing for me because I want to get the picture of the person scoring the try. But with yeah. that many people, it's like I just love the dive and tries. But I do love a good smash and tackle as well. Nice. Is, is yeah. that what one of one of foggy you got? It's very good. That, I do like that. That is one of my lot. proudest pictures, that because <laughs> it was looking through the camera, I instantly felt it as it like as he tackled him, as like a ooh sort of thing. You mentioned that. Oh, go, Sam. You go. So I think my favourite photos that you've taken is that one of HMG against Hartbury, <laughs> where he's running through because his hairline's shocking on it, but it's absolutely <laughs> a really good photo. And also the Joe, the set of them from uh, the set, the celebration ones against after after what after fucking varsity when yeah. everyone's run on. Yeah. Yeah, the group yeah, yeah. of five photos when you can see everyone's facial expressions just changing in every photo. And it's then when Turner. The, when the, um, the, the, like, drop the rope for the rest of the boys to come on the yeah. pitch. And I just incredible. remember thinking, oh, because <laughs> i just seen all these, la- everyone just run, running towards me. <laughs> so funny. Go on, Charlie, you're going to ask a question. I was just going to say, you mentioned how kind of you get amongst it after a game and kind of get like after varsity like get within the celebrations have you you've done a few away games as well haven't you i think yeah yeah how, how do you find those going away with the away with the team they're um they're very entertaining to say the least <laughs> it was um i think i think my favorite away day has got to be bath because going into the game it was like I just remember we we got we got sent to the wrong place, so we we got there and was like, it's not here. Where are we going? And then we all every every everyone had to get a lift from Smithy and Downsy in their car to the to like back and forth, which was which was which was quite funny. But so you OG, but the, the, la- the lads every away game with the with the wins and how they play they, they deserve a celebration and they are very entertaining does, does that add, does that add a bit more to it for you because obviously you kind of do it to try and enhance your portfolio and to fulfill certain modules in your course but does it feel you're part of something bigger when you're able to do stuff like that yeah definitely and especially when because I I only go by myself and there's lads on the bus that are like Oh Dan, I'll come and sit next year. Like it's that kind of when I've done things before for like different different sports. It's always been I've been by myself as like a media person or like the photographer by myself. But when the lads are like sitting with me and chatting, I'm chatting amongst them. It feels like I'm part of the team, which which I loved about the club. And you haven't done a, I say you should you haven't done a threes away game, and that would have been 
the best. Better than the ones all day. Yeah, definitely put your camera away on that one. Real. <laughs> just a shame. <laughs> Yeah, just just to a, robbed us of all the games that we could have had. Yeah. Just just do a fourth year, mate. <laughs> I'll just come back. Yeah, just come back. Anyway, I think if because that's it from Charlie, I think I've got one more question and a nice way to end it. So kind of where do you see yourself or where do you want to where, where do you want to be with your career in like say three or five years' time? Um I want to be busy. If that's a good way of putting it, because I want, I want to be in a position where I don't have to think about oh I need to I need another job here. Like I want to be, as much as I want to be successful in what I do, I want to be like, I just I just want to like get to a point where I'm like I'm okay with getting jobs now, and I can focus on like I can focus on things that really mean things to me, like the different the different sports that I can spend more time with and the different things that I can like do, do different projects with because these, the, the time that I've spent with you guys and the time that I've spent with Nick is like the lengthy period that I'm with someone. I feel like that's like my best way. So having projects of like stories about things, I feel like I, I I feel like I want to be want to be like doing stories about sports, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's it from me. So, Dan, thanks a lot for joining us. You probably should have been a guest earlier, but <laughs> there we are. You've, you, you're on now. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot for joining us and make sure you follow Dan on Instagram. And what is your Instagram handle? Dan Hill Photography. Thought it was, just didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, perfect. Cheers, Dan. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks, boys. Thanks a lot for Dan for joining us for that. And um, like we said, one of the biggest legends of the club, man. He does so much for us, makes mine and Charlie's job really easy running the social media as well. So big shout out to him. And now Tommy's here. Well, he was here before, but Tommy's here for the nosy bit, talking about the weekend. And we've got a quiz and a 15 aside thing as well. Tommy, crack on. Oh, yeah. So. Let's start with the Gloucester v Bristol games. So Bristol won that 18-17. Pretty disappointing from Bristol. I think you guys will agree. It was not well. It wasn't even not well. It was an odd game, but it was quite typical of what we've seen of Gloucester so far this season in that they don't necessarily play badly. They work hard, but it's just they have a period in the second half that just seems to unravel and they don't like they just don't take the chances and they don't because they had a couple of opportunities to take the game out of sight of Bristol but they left it in that area that they know Bristol can cause so much danger when they can just like snap like that and create a score out of something and obviously this week it was Johan Lloyd's penalty which was big set of bollocks on yeah. Um, yeah. Bristol was quite quite disappointing yeah, I think though for Bristol, like I'm going to be slightly biased here because I watch them a lot, but I do think they are have to be title contenders because yeah. the way they've improved, they wouldn't have won that game last year. Yeah, that, that's what it. that's what I said to the guy sat next to me after the final whistle. I was like, Bristol are going to win the league um, because who, who, who you sat next to? It was Louis Shaw, um, for, former club member. Um, but yeah, I was just like. 
they're grinding out results like that. So that was kind of a champion's victory in a sense that you haven't played well at all, but you've still managed to get a win out of it. Which they think about it. The areas of their game that they didn't have last year, i.e., yeah. defence and a forwards pack, really, because last year there was just absolute flair. Think about who they're missing as well. Like, there's Semi missing, Sheedy was missing last week, then their new prop went off injured, the starting hooker went off injured, and that Harry Fack is out as well. Plus, then you've got like Nathan Hughes is out, Henry Purdy's got a knock as well. So they're winning without a lot of players missing. Plus, like Ben Earl, Malin, Sinclair, all on England duty as well, and Harry Randall. Yeah. Well, anyway, the next game was Sale v. Bath. Uh, played again on Friday night. So Bath yeah. actually won that 27 22. By the way, you were at that game, weren't you? Yeah. It was fucking freezing. So it About was minus game. seven. <laughs> yeah, but let me, let me talk, let me give it a bit of a story. It was, my, so it was minus seven. And like the conditions were like honestly hindered the game a bit because. The skill set from Sale was pretty shocking. Like they made 10 changes, I think, from when they beat Bristol. But they didn't change there. They just lost that edge. Like Their skill set was poor. They made so many errors. And plus, Bath scored at two really key times. They scored really early on. Scored after two minutes, I think, when he scored right in the stroke of half-time. And it, both of them kind of came from errors as well. And it was weird for Bath because he needed to win because... It all came after that story last week about Elliot Stuke's drink driving and lockdown breaking, but we won't get into that. Um, so they needed to win, I think, because Hooper is under pressure and it was a, like, quite an important win. Plus, they've, they've got some new young, youngish seven guy on the wing who Will literally Muir. looks like Will Muir, um got a like, Rory Mack style to him. And, like, it is scary actually watching him because they, they run exactly the same. Yeah, it's like the stride is yeah. the same. He's got that reach under the high ball as well. He looked really good. but So hopefully he's exciting for them anyway. But yeah, it wasn't much of a thriller. So you didn't miss much, Tommy, if you didn't watch it. <laughs> no, I, was, I saw the last 10 minutes, but I was watching the Bristol game. Uh, so then Sassy took us to Quinns v Leicester, where Quinns took that 37-24. Pretty good from Quinns. I don't think it's been much of a, of a surprise. They're both kind of mid-table teams at the moment. Maybe Leicester are still underperforming considering who they have, although it is internationals. So you can't really count the same. Any thoughts on that game? Quinns, are, as I say, Quinns are going to get top four. It is yeah, happen. I agree now, I think. See, I'm on they the are, Exactly. I, I, there's just something about them that I like. And I have, like, well, I think it's just Marcus Smith, to be honest. Yeah, and but Marcus I, Smith is class, isn't he? I, I would just be interested if they did get a playoff spot, how they would play in a, um, a semi-final. Yeah. Not off, it's all because of Gustav's gone, it seems. Yeah. But, I don't know. I've done... It's an odd one, that, because... It seems like the culture's changed as well, really, suddenly. Yeah. Well, they, they play with a lot of offloads, actually, which does make for a very entertaining game. Yeah, and the players they have... Because Marcus Smith signed a new contract as well. That is big, actually, that is, yeah. That, big news, good news. It, it's, you know, bigger than any signing they can make in itself. But to, t- to tie him down for however many years is going to help the whole club in general because if you've got that operator at 10 that can play the way he does you're going to have very little 
issues in piecing the other bits together. In the You've space. got to build a team around him. Exactly. Um, and he should be wearing England's 10 shirt, but let's not get into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say that, but I think Ford had a good game. But yeah, He we'll... did have a very good game, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say Joe Simmons and I was about to kill you. But... <laughs> no. no, I'm going I'm to be level-headed today. No. So next okay. game was the boys, London Irish, uh, against Exeter. And we won, obviously, with bonus point, 26-3. Uh, that was Exeter won that. Um, a, a fantastic game from everyone. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, it, it, it was a pretty good game. Um, obviously, you'd kind of expect Exeter to take that even without their internationals. Uh, Capstick, quite a good up and coming player. Any thoughts on him? Are we licking Capstick's arse now? Are we? Sorry, that was too far. Oh, that's inappropriate. <laughs> Sorry, he is a good player. It's just, <laughs> he's, he's um, just like very good. I, yeah. yeah, I think he's going to be another one. Like, you just need to keep nurturing him, like, don't put him in too quick, too early, because then you might break him. But then, but then you've seen he has played the last few weeks, and yes. There's been a couple of dodgy results along the way, but he has always been one of their bright, brighter performers. So I think, mm. yeah. Another, another yeah. good product to the Exeter Academy, it seems. Well, Cuthbert's actually yeah. come back into a bit of form with Chiefs as well over the last couple of weeks. He, he, he has. You know, he got man of the match last weekend as well. Uh, he's been quite a good asset for, for them, actually. I do like yeah, Alex he, Cuthbert. He suits Exeter. Down to the ground, is that hit, hit. He's... He's absolutely rapid as well. Like yeah. he'll take people on the outside for fun. It is it's um, weird how kind of he was. He's just gone off the radar so much because of his injury, and you forget mm. how good he actually was. And like you remember the Lions tour in 2013, and then you remember that like those Six Nations around that time, and he was absolutely unreal. So I think he's a great player for Exeter to have in a time that you know. Well, not that loads of extra players actually play for England or any you know, country, but um, yeah, U- useful little little player. Yeah, um, a couple of things around that game: the Motu Matu red card. Didn't um, see it. Fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway, so he got sent off for I think it was a shoulder to the head. I only bring it up because of the um, Xander Ferguson red and the Omani red because. Omani got three weeks suspension. Mm. Ferguson got four and Matthew got six. And it's all a bit odd the way it's suspension works for that. Anyway. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I, I just don't care. Like, I love rugby to bits, but the way it's managed at the top does baffle me. Like some of the well, decisions... I completely agree. Did you There's think the... Ferguson was a red card then? Um... I think yeah, it was. I think, I think a red card was fair enough, but I don't think it warranted a longer ban than Omani's. Because I think apparently the reason is because he said, "Oh, it shouldn't have been a red card," and Omani said, "Yeah, it was." It was wor- Omani's was worse as well. Yeah, because it was more elbow and everything. And he's got history, Omani. Anyway, I, um, yeah. I, I think yeah, you you need to give them both as red cards because obviously that's what we're trying to cut out of the game. But obviously, it just does come down to the whole disciplinary panel, which is a bit dodgy. And then it's just, yeah, obviously, it's context of and mitigating factors. But 
What's next yeah, one, Tom? Well, anyway, yeah, so moving on. So Saints v Newcastle, obviously, that can get played. Is it Saints that have the uh, COVID, positive COVID no, test? No, it's Newcastle. Oh, well, Newcastle have that. Uh, and so Newcastle's they're... games this weekend's postponed as well against Worcester, which means Worcester have got four points and go extend their gap over Gloucester, which is a little bit funny, but it's not yeah, it as well. Well, anyway, the last game of the weekend was Worcester v Wasps. So Wasps won that 17-13. Probably not the most entertaining game. One of those that you'd say is for the purists, I think is the phrase we use. But still, a Wasps, Wasps did grind out the win. Very happy. They needed to hold on. I thought they were, right at the end, I thought Worcester were going to take it. Yeah, they did in come the back top. into it quite well, which was quite scary. But ground it out, solid. It was. I found it quite enjoyable at times. It was. Yeah, it wasn't that bad a game. No, it was. Yeah, some it was of the, the hits Fakatoa put in. Oh, he's unreal. I love him. Love mm-hmm. him. Uh, Tom Willis is ridiculous. I think. Yeah. His post-match interview was cute as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yes, I, I, I was absolutely gutted about the Jack Willis injury. But <laughs> it was like how everyone was talking about it and everything. It was like as if like, he had, as if he died. And I was like, it was like he died, yeah. I was like, I absolutely I love the kid. He's a great player, and it's absolutely horrible to see him get another injury. But the, <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, it's such a special, special moment. It's like, yeah, it's nice, but that, that's all calmed down a bit, like. And just wish him a better, uh, a speedy recovery. I did agree with that. There's for for the um, sports therapy or physiotherapy fans out there. There is actually a lot of research saying that if, for a ruptured ACL, it might actually be best not to have surgery. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Although ruptured ACL, it was exactly. ACL. There's reports saying he hasn't ruptured it. Whether they they'll it's still MCL, apparently was it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the MCL kind of comes with ACL sometimes. Well, if you look at that mechanism injury. Anyway, it's we're going into okay, <laughs> okay. um what wasps as a wasp fan Charlotte, this is just a genuine question. I'm not trying to get nibbles. Are you slightly worried about your form? Not really. I mean I, I think you look at it and it's almost the same as last season with they've got rid of relegation and there's no consequence for losing a game, so it kind of suits wasps now, but they can kick on. And they get the players back. We can play how we want to play. And that will benefit us. And it's like, you look at last season and we got to like February and we were like 10th. And we came mm. second. It's like... I do still think you'll get top four. I th- yeah, I think we'll, we'll be up and amongst it. Whether we get top four, it, it's different because you don't know how, obviously, the other team's going to react to their relegation. So, And you've got like... I think the top six like is Harlequin. pretty set in stone. Yeah. So, yeah, as long as we get Champions Cup. <laughs> yeah, because that top six really is going to be Bristol Chiefs in the top four, probably, definitely going to happen. And then one, two of Sale, Quinns, Wasps and Newcastle, the others, because no one else is getting that good enough, I don't think. I think another good factor for Wasps that will drive them on a bit more this season is the amount of competitiveness within their squad, because we saw it at the weekend. And yeah, we saw Charlie, Char- Atkinson. Charlie Atkinson coming in for Jacob Umaga. And Umaga's been kind of the man for the last season or so. But he obviously he's had a couple of games that weren't his best. And Charlie Atkinson's coming in and looked really composed and experienced. And mm. it's, yeah, backed up his previous performances. So that's quite promising to see. I think it makes sense, though, Wasp putting Umaga on the bench at the moment just to take him out of the spotlight after the 
abuse he was getting on social media. Yeah, I made the point to you actually on the, the day that I would actually love to see Umaga play at fullback with Atkinson at ten in that team. Yeah, I think it would be it would be similar to how Sopawanga has been playing um, that role at fullback. So it's just whether Umaga can tackle it slightly better. But... Nice, nice little dick. No, it's not a dick. Oh. It's just it's oh, maybe oh. maybe it's not his strongest area. Of Are we going to briefly talk about the Six Nations, Tommy? No, no. Okay, <laughs> we can if you want. I mean, I'll sum every, it up. Every, everyone's seen it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. England won. Um, Wales can't win unless they're playing fourteen men or there's COVID. And no. what was the other game? Uh, France, Ireland. France. Dupont, the best player in the world. Oh, yeah. There we go. There's a round yeah. up for you. And that <laughs> is the Six Nations roundup. Easy. Right. Do you want to do the 15s first or do you want to do the quiz first? We can do the 15s first because I've not finished the quiz yet. Nice. Um, so <laughs> for, uh, for the 15s today is our Northerners, me and Tynesy have done a Northern 15 and Tommy's done a Southern 15. So the rules for this are, we're do, not doing it by club, we're doing it by birth. So, and so unless something, someone who's born in Wales, who plays for Wales, but born in the North or South, it can be in the team. So right, Tommy, do you want to go first? Start that, do you want to start that again? Because you didn't really get it out very well at all. Yeah, I fucked it. Can you say it? <laughs> Me? Yeah, because I fucked it. Okay. So this week we're going to do a Southern v Northern 15. So I'm going for the Southerners and the Northern lads in uh, Sam and Heinze are going for the Northern 15. Um, so the only rule is just, it's not who they play for now, it's where they were born. So I shall, actually I'll, I'll let one of you guys start because I'll be interested. I'll are we doing okay. it by position or? No, just uh, do yeah, each go, individual. Go, yeah. Wait, am I going through the full 15? Yeah, full 15, yeah. start start from number one. Okay, my loose head's Ross Harrison of Sale. Um, Harry Thacker at Hooker, born in Leicester. Thomas Francis, the Welsh internationals, born in York, is my tight head. Second row, Johnny Hill and Josh Beaumont. Back row of Hamish Watson, Tom Curry and Zach Mercer. Um, nine, Ben Spencer. Ten, Jacob Umaga. Centres, Ollie Lawrence. Sorry, Owen Farrell and Ollie Lawrence. Wingers, Paolo Adogu and Chris Ashton with Sam James at fullback. Nice. I do have a question about you, about that team. Yeah, go on. Where is Tom Curry born? Shit, yes. Because <laughs> I can tell you, he's in my squad. He's not born in the north. Right, okay. I need to... one minute. Give me a minute. Oh, Fuck ruined it for everyone. Bollocks. I had someone in there before that I've gone. Um, um, oh. Shit, I forgot about that. Um, give well, me a minute. Got, you've got options. You've got uh, you've got uh, Mark Wilson. You've got uh, Jack Willis. You've got... Jack Willis? Well, he's a cop he... boy, I think. Oh, fuck, I'll go Mark Wilson. He's proper northern. Scary. Boy. Yeah, Mark Wilson at seven. All right, well, all I can say is my team would... Oh, no, Jack Willis is Reading. Never mind. Okay, if also... Go on, what's your team? And then our Northern team would beat you. Right, Sorry. well, do we want to do Heinz's team next then? Yeah, well, fuck my, you, my, we'll go both North. Yeah, mine's not too dissimilar. So I've got Francis Thacker. I've got Paul Hill in the front row. 
because I struggled to think of anyone. And I thought I met him, so I'm, he's a friend of the show. Um, and then second row, Johnny Hill Beaumont. And then back row, we've got Mark Wilson now. Hamish Watson, the greatest open side in the home nations. And Zach Mercer, Leeds, former Leeds type boy. Um, and then we've got... I'll, for, for the sake of variety, I'll go with Danny Kerr, another Leeds type legend at nine. And then George Ford, 10. Owen Farrell in the centre with Jonathan Davis, who was born in uh, Solihull. Nice. Um, and then on the wings, I've got Chris Ashton um, of Wigan fame. <laughs> then Zach Kibberigi, who's from Middlesbrough. And then at is fullback, he? he is from Middlesbrough. Of course, of course, he was at um, Falcons, wasn't he? Yeah. And then at fullback, I've gone rogue with Jacob Umaga. Nice. Yeah, uh, no chance. Are you beating me? Mate, absolutely the, no chance. The tactics I'm going to deploy are going to ruin you. It, it would have to, you'd have to have some serious coaching on your side because we should have done coaches as well, actually. Diamond. Andy Farrell. Rob Baxter. There we go. Coaches done. Uh, okay. Well, my, my squad, my front row. Oh, is... Stuart Lancaster. Question how, how much of your team are Chiefs players? Yeah. Uh, only one, two, three. Five, but you—they're—they're you, they're all Chiefs players that you. I, I, I'd struggle to think who else you'd put in there. In okay, go um, Okay, so Carl Sinclair, Cowan Dickey, and Genge, my front row. Shit, yeah. So obviously, I've already won. Playing them on uh, the wrong side. Launchbury then. and Laws, second row, because Launchbury was born in Exeter. I didn't know that. Uh, Laws so, on that on the border I reckon so I was going to I was tempted to put him in that I think Laws is London Connie Laws is London yeah yeah I've got I, it right in front I, of me I tried I've got to steal him as well uh, then my I've, I couldn't think of um, one, uh, one of my flankers so I've gone for both Currys six and seven Tom and Ben uh, and then number eight obviously Sam Simmons you've got Sam um, Underhill surely oh of course right no, Underhill was going Wales. in for no. is he I think I'm sure he was. Like, I was thinking, uh, is he not a Gloucester nah, boy? Actually, he was born in the United States. So yeah. Ohio. Unlucky. All oh, right. Well, anyway, I'll sure. those two then. And then Samson's number eight. Uh, number nine, I can really couldn't think of. I did struggle with this. So I did. I have let myself down. I have had to go for Sam Warner. Oh, I couldn't game, think of anyone game else. management down the pan. <laughs> oh, <dear>. Really? <laughs> I couldn't think of anyone else. So, so that, like, like I said, self, self uh, proclaimed. Ben Youngs. He's not from the south. He, well, he's Norfolk. Where's what about that? Dan Robson? Where's he from? He's from Gloucester. Isn't Dan he? Robson's Stoke. So that's why I was. Uh, okay. Harry Randall is from the south. Of course he is. Honestly, you're not, you're yeah. not changing it now. Well, anyway, uh, Joe Simmons in ten. Of course. Uh, Ollie Lawrence, 12, with Slade in 13. I had Ollie Lawrence. Well, Ollie Lawrence is from... I'll be able to tell you. No, yeah, Birmingham. That was that was the border there. That was all right. No, all right, so we can just, have... But you're having Birmingham. I struggled with the 12. Can I just have Lawrence? You've got no. so much... No, you've got so much of the country. <laughs> no. Well, who, uh, who would you... I, well, all right, then. I couldn't think of a 12, then. Man, I wouldn't need. Oh, I, 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 I still wouldn't need to be. A, I still wouldn't need a twelve. Considering. Do you play with fourteen men then? Yeah, I play with fourteen. They still beat yours. And then uh, my wingers. I've got Nolan May. 
and then Watson and fullback. So we'll just go through international players. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, apart from Maunder. And Maunder's played in international. Actually, all 15 of mine have been or are internationals for England. I'd win. I've got 13 internationals and soon to be internationals in there with Saka and Kibberegi. Yeah. Swings, swings and roundabouts, really, isn't it? Uh, well, let us know in the comments. Uh, no one's going to let us know. Is that how we plug it? <laughs> yeah. No, um, we'll, no put up, we'll put it on Instagram. I might actually put this on Instagram because I want to beat Tommy. Well, we're supposed to because we've had that template made for you to do every week. Nah, I will do it. it. I will once. do it this week. <laughs> I'll do it this week. We've only done one more and that was a Lions one. But anyway. Oh. Yeah, yeah, cheers, Tommy. Nice. Quiz time. Um, so the scores in the quiz so far are six to me, four to Heinze, because Heinze had a shocker last week, or not last week, two weeks ago. Well, yeah, because you gave me questions that just weren't related to what we were talking about. Well, not, not salty. Not salty. Not salty at all. Go on, then. No. Um, go on, then. Ask some questions. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm doing the, doing the quiz bit now, aren't I? Yeah, um, yeah Right, really. so... Question one. Who has scored the most Six Nations tries since the start of last season? Do we say... Uh, Johnny Matt. I can confirm that you are cool. wrong. You're wrong. Um, it is Charles Olivon. Because ah, he was nice. top scorer last year and then he got one at the weekend. I think he might have got one the week before. So, Good start. Yeah, good start. Um, question two. Monty Ioani, great player. Scored the Six Nations' quickest try after two minutes and 23 seconds. But who held the previous record? Um, I'm not going to fucking get this, am I? Um, actually, I'm going to guess Johnny May again. Uh, I can confirm once again that you are wrong. Um, it is. Mauro Bergamasco. Oh, nice. Where are we? Around six, minute, six minutes in. Um, that's really late. I know. That's what I thought. So I might have to double check that. But I, I got it from Opta Johnny on Twitter. Oh, um, he's normally quite. Well, he works for Opta, so you'd hope so. Um, mm. It was announced that there was a new chairman of the RPA today or yesterday. Who was it? Rugby Players Association. Yeah, I should know this. Um, I haven't been clearly I've been paying attention to the news. Um, who's been involved with the RPA? Christian Day. He's been doing stuff with them. No. I, yeah. I can confirm that it's Ethan Waller. Oh no! I, know. I was close. It was rogue. It was Fair. rogue. I'm close to my answer. Christian Day does food, so does Ethan Waller. Yeah, but you've got none right this week. So um... Now I've got two questions left. Don't sell me short. Well, okay. This might be quite an easy one because I've just thought of it on the spot. But obviously, a uh, bit of a debacle for Xander Fagerson over the weekend. 
his red card, suspension for four weeks. But what is the first name of the other person that shares his namesake in the Scotland squad? Matt. Yeah, well done. Um, and then, right. Uh, Content. I know. Oh, right. Here we go. Ugo Monya went on the 2009 Lions tour. How many England caps had he had before going on the tour? Jesus. <laughs> um, or you can do how many he had in total. Oh, right. I don't know either. I'm going to guess. With eight for before. Before the tour, he had six. Oh, that was close. So Fair not enough. far off. And overall, he only made 14 caps for Greenland. So. Really? I thought he got more than that. I know. Good, good, good commentator. Indeed, very good. Yeah, top, you... top bloke as well, top bloke. Friend of the show or just friend of you? Oh, he called me mate on an email. So, love that, love that. Friend, just what friend of the show if we want him to. <laughs> anyway, so that's the end of the quiz. Um, I've got seven points now and there'll be Charlie's go next week. So, yeah, thank you all for listening if you're still here. Um, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe and all that shit. Um, Dan, <laughs> thanks for, Dan, thank you for li- joining us. Um, yeah, Tommy as well and you, Charlie. So, yeah, cheers. Bye. Bye.